19. Two Ways About It In the wake of the terrorist attack on Charlie Hebdo, which killed 12 people including the editor and four other cartoonists, and the murder of four Jews at a kosher supermarket shortly after, French Prime Minister Manuel Valls declared, A war against terrorism, against jihadism, against radical Islam, against everything that is aimed at breaking fraternity, freedom, solidarity. Millions of people demonstrated in condemnation of the atrocities, amplified by a chorus of horror under the banner, I am Charlie. There were eloquent pronouncements of outrage, captured well by the head of Israel's Labor Party, Isaac Herzog, who declared that terrorism is terrorism, there's no two ways about it, and that all the nations that seek peace and freedom face an enormous challenge from brutal violence. The crimes also elicited a flood of commentary, inquiring into the roots of these shocking assaults in Islamic culture and exploring ways to counter the murderous wave of Islamic terrorism without sacrificing our values. The New York Times described the assault as a clash of civilizations, but was corrected by Times columnist Anand Girad Haradas, who tweeted that it was not and never a war of civilizations or between them, but a war for civilization against groups on the other side of that line. The scene in Paris was described vividly in the New York Times by veteran Europe correspondent Stephen Erlanger. A day of sirens, helicopters in the air, frantic news bulletins, of police cordons and anxious crowds, of young children led away from schools to safety. It was a day like the previous two, of blood and horror in and around Paris. Erlanger also quoted a surviving journalist who said, Everything crashed. There was no way out. There was smoke everywhere. It was terrible. People were screaming. It was like a nightmare. Another reported a huge detonation and everything went completely dark. The scene, Erlanger reported, was an increasingly familiar one of smashed glass, broken walls, twisted timbers, scorched paint, and emotional devastation. The quotes in the previous paragraph, however, as independent journalist David Peterson reminds us, are not from January 2015. Rather, they are from a report Erlanger wrote on April 24, 1999, which received far less attention. Erlanger was reporting on the NATO missile attack on Serbian state television headquarters that knocked radio television of Serbia, RTS, off the air, killing 16 journalists. NATO and American officials defended the attack, Erlanger reported, as an effort to undermine the regime of President Slobodan Milosevic of Yugoslavia. Pentagon spokesman Kenneth Bacon told a briefing in Washington that Serb TV is as much a part of Milosevic's murder machine as his military is, hence a legitimate target of attack. At the time, there were no demonstrations or cries of outrage, no chance of, we are RTS, no inquiries into the roots of the attack in Christian culture and history. On the contrary, the attack on the TV headquarters was lauded. The highly regarded diplomat Richard Holbrook then special envoy to Yugoslavia, described the successful attack on RTS as an enormously important and, I think, positive development. 
There are many other events that call for no inquiry into Western culture and history. For example, the worst single terrorist atrocity in Europe in recent years, when Anders Breivik, a Christian ultra-Zionist extremist and Islamophobe, slaughtered 77 people, mostly teenagers, in July 2011. Also ignored in the war against terrorism is the most extreme terrorist campaign of modern times, Obama's global drone assassination campaign, targeting people suspected of perhaps intending to harm us someday, and any unfortunates who happen to be nearby. Other unfortunates are also not lacking, such as the 50 civilians killed in a U.S.-led bombing raid in Syria in December, barely reported. One person was indeed punished in connection with the NATO attack on RTS. A Serbian court sentenced Dragoljub Milanovic, general manager of radio television of Serbia, to 10 years in prison for failing to evacuate the building. The International Criminal Tribunal for the former Yugoslavia considered the NATO attack, concluding that it was not a crime, and although civilian casualties were unfortunately high, they do not appear to be clearly disproportionate. The comparison between these cases helps us understand the condemnation of the New York Times by civil rights lawyer Floyd Abrams, famous for his forceful defense of freedom of expression. There are times for self-restraint, Abrams wrote, but in the immediate wake of the most threatening assault on journalism in living memory, the Times editors would have served the cause of free expression best by engaging in it that is, by publishing the Charlie Hebdo cartoons ridiculing Muhammad that elicited the assault. Abrams is right in describing the Charlie Hebdo attack as the most threatening assault on journalism in living memory. The reason has to do with the concept living memory, a category carefully constructed to include their crimes against us while scrupulously excluding our crimes against them. The latter, not crimes, but a noble defense of the highest values, sometimes inadvertently flawed. There are many other illustrations of the interesting category, living memory. One is provided by the Marine assault against Fallujah in November 2004, one of the worst crimes of the U.S.-U.K. invasion of Iraq. The assault opened with the occupation of Fallujah General Hospital, a major war crime quite apart from how it was carried out. The crime was reported prominently on the front page of the New York Times, accompanied by a photograph depicting how patients and hospital employees were rushed out of rooms by armed soldiers and ordered to sit or lie on the floor while troops tied their hands behind their backs. The occupation of the hospital was considered meritorious and justified since it shut down what officers said was a propaganda weapon for the militants, Fallujah General Hospital with its stream of reports of civilian casualties. Evidently, shutting down this propaganda weapon was no assault on free expression and does not qualify for entry into living memory. There are other questions. One would naturally ask how France upholds freedom of expression, for example, by the Gesot Law repeatedly implemented, which effectively grants the state the right to determine historical truth 
and punish deviation from its edicts, or how it upholds the sacred principles of fraternity, freedom, solidarity, by expelling miserable descendants of Holocaust survivors, the Roma, to bitter persecution in Eastern Europe, or by its deplorable treatment of North African immigrants in the banlieue of Paris, where the Charlie Hebdo terrorists became jihadis. Anyone with eyes open will quickly notice other rather striking omissions from living memory. Ignored, for instance, is the assassination of three journalists in Latin America in December 2014, bringing the number for the year to 31. There have been dozens of journalists murdered in Honduras alone since the military coup of 2009 that was effectively authorized by the United States. Probably according post-coup Honduras, the per capita championship when it comes to the murder of journalists. But again, this was not an assault on freedom of the press within living memory. These few examples illustrate a very general principle observed with impressive dedication and consistency. The more we can blame some crimes on enemies, the greater the outrage the greater our responsibility for crimes, and hence the more we can do to end them, the less the concern, tending to oblivion. Contrary to the eloquent pronouncements, it is not the case that terrorism is terrorism, there's no two ways about it. There definitely are two ways about it, theirs versus ours, and not just when it comes to terrorism. Terrorism.